You are listening to a special release extra from Edict Zero FIS, the science fiction audio drama series. Prologue. The only enemy greater to human beings than themselves was an intergalactic traveler, an unusual comet that they named Gaidiker Quinn 7, when they discovered it on their doorstep. It had a nucleus 16 kilometers wide and hurtled through space at 240,000 kilometers per hour. Its precise trajectory was as top secret as the missions launched to deflect it. The misinformation and information containment campaigns to avoid worldwide panic were successful, but the missions were not. On September 18, 2133, Comet GQ-7 impacted Old Earth and no less than 13 billion people lost their lives. It's easy to say, but difficult to imagine. They were just like us. They lived. They laughed and they loved. They dreamed, blindly faithful of tomorrows which time did not afford them. The bulk of humanity spent their last day like any other believing that GQ-7 would pass by the world, not annihilate it. Not knowing was perhaps the only mercy they received. Then it was over. For everything and everyone but 81,000 souls packed like sardines in six starships. The process by which these people were chosen remains heavily shrouded to this day. But no matter what, it was certainly wrong. There can be no right way to decide who lives and who dies and I do not envy whoever was burdened with the task. It's said that civilians were not told the full extent of what was happening, and they did not watch the destruction of their home from starship windows, as the media often depicts it for dramatic effect. They were already put under in suspended animation chambers, a technology which had been in wide use medically for 40 years, unlike the starships, whose programs had been stuck in limbo due to astronomical fund requirements. That changed with an apocalypse deadline. With the unlimited budget and the expendable resources of a doomed world, the ships were constructed in just two months. Design flaws, system errors, and unforeseen complications of interstellar space travel produced endless work for the scientists who would spend their lives navigating the ships through the dangerous frontier of space. While they lived that fantastic dream, the scientists and their descendants the progenitors of what we know today as Edict One had plenty of time to figure it all out, such as the couple millennia it would take for their antimatter engines to thrust them to their Earth-like destinations. Six ships, three destinations. What became of four of those ships isn't known, but two made it to this water world planet. After all, I'm here, and this is home. This is the only home I've ever known that anyone here has. It's not the place that the founders of Edict One had hoped. Their well-laid plans for a new civilization, a new world, fell apart. When they arrived here 281 years ago, and released our ancestors from suspended animation. These people hadn't had generations to progress and evolve as a society. They woke as if no time had passed, and with little emotional capacity to embrace their new reality much less change their ways for the good of any fresh new beginning. I can imagine the collective reaction of Edict One, as they watched the people squabble with one another over every detail, watched them throw their gods at each other, watched them build walls between themselves, 
huddle into their cliques and draw their lines on maps. As they watched them spit their partisan venom and watched their violence. How petty did we seem to them? How primitive. How insane. I wonder if it broke their hearts. I wonder about it. I can imagine it. And I can understand why Edict One drew a dividing line of their own. Probably for the same reason that there's a fence between you and the animals at the zoo. They adjusted their plans and carried on with them. But as a separate technocratic entity, Edict One, which gives oversight to Edict Two, the democratic government of our world and its five islands, none of which have unique names. People had squabbled ferociously over this detail too, waving the flags of a world that was dead and gone. We have the center island mainland, we have North Island and we have East, West and South respectively. There is little more neutral and unbiased to crib names from than the points of a compass. The days are longer and years shorter on New Earth than they had been on the old one. But our measurement of time was changed so other things could remain the same. Comfort trumped accuracy. We have 24 hours in a day, and for the most part, live by the same calendar, as if we never left the old planet, whose sun is just a little twinkle in our night sky, as if no time had passed. The last day on the calendar of old Earth was the first day of the new, September 18th, 2133. Technologically, we've advanced in some ways, but are still behind the anticipated curve. Having had to start anew and find our way back to the place we were before. Unfortunately, we haven't advanced much in the ways which most matter. We are as troubled as we always were. Take it from me. I've seen it all in devoting my life to law enforcement. I work at the Federal Investigative Services, whose structural ancestors include the Federal Bureau of Investigation and Investigative Military Branches. I am an assistant director at the headquarters in Capital City. My name is Alan Dockstader. The time of this entry is 10.33 p.m. on December 31st. The year is 2414. For more information on Edict Zero FIS, visit its home at edictzero.wordpress.com or the Slipgate 9 Entertainment Production Blog at slipgate9.wordpress.com.